Can we just please raise our hands right across this place, if you will? And we're going to declare that every part of our heart we want Jesus to come into. What an amazing message we had for the communion. And I believe that to get the best out of the Lord, we've got to let Him take the best part of us. So Lord, we just declare right now, Father, have every part. Lord, we don't want to be living a life that is with closed doors that says, no, Lord, you can't have that part. But Lord, I pray out of a willing act of our love that we say, Jesus, we trust you today. Jesus, we trust you with our heart. We want to let you in. We want you to take every part of us today. Lord, I just pray right now across this room that something supernatural will be taking place in people's hearts, that something of the Holy Ghost will be descending and pouring oil into the, the hard places, the hurt places, the, the, the places that are being locked off for so long from everything and everyone. That Jesus, you want to bring healing. You want to take us on a journey to make us whole again. Just pray, let us receive that thing today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you quietly take your seats? Fantastic job, musicians. Thank you so much. Just have a, a word for us tonight that I really believe has a, a real... The Word of God always has power. But I think there's something special when there's a group like tonight who come out during the week for, you know, the, the soak a little bit more in the presence of God and there's an there's a openness and a hunger that comes on nights like this. I want to thank those who've come down from Locke and from Cummins today. Let's give them a hand uh, tonight. So good to have you with us, Steve and gang. So it is so, so good. So it's only a couple of weeks away now we're launching Tumby Bay and uh, it's not this Sunday, the one after, so that's coming up really quick. But I, want, I just want to encourage you to go on the journey with us that it's a time for extending the kingdom of God. We're extending our, our influence, extending our reach out into Tumby Bay and I think that's a, a great thing. Um, you know, the, but the, I will say though, we've got to prepare ourselves because... The devil doesn't care if a church closes. He doesn't care if churches close down. But he really gets worried when churches want to start. And so he'll cause all sorts of mayhem to, to arise. Things that, that if, we, if we were just a church that really didn't do that much, we just had a meeting every now and then, we didn't really um, do anything except you know, uh, keep our little club happening, the devil doesn't care at all. But then when you start to take territory that he thinks he, bought, he, he owns, then he starts to throw all kinds of things at us. He'll cause division, he'll cause suspicion, he'll cause you know, all kinds of things to rise up within the church that causes a church to back off. I must admit from the, from the time when we started talking about Tumby Bay, you know, it felt like the wheels had fallen off the church. It's like, we can't do this because there's so many other things that, that don't seem to be working. But I want to tell you, it is our time of extending. And to keep, to keep doing that, uh, we've got to keep growing individually, as individuals, grow spiritually, allowing Jesus to lead you into his design for your life. 
Because Jesus has a design for you. He has a design for you. So his design isn't to keep you at a comfortable place. That's where we want We say, Jesus, lead me into the, to, to the most comfortable place, a place where I don't get challenged, where, where I don't have to try too hard. Um, but it, it's, I, I want us to, to, to consider some things tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, in the NIV says, uh, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you know when I did that, I didn't even realise that that, had, that was a light on there. That's amazing. It's so creative of me, isn't it? Amazingly creative, Rob. So we are to put on that yoke. So, so if you don't know what a yoke is, you know, I always had this image of eggs and yolks. But the yoke that they're talking about there is, is what they would put on oxen and beasts of burden. They'll put this big wooden thing on their neck and, you know, uh, join them to another animal, another, another oxen to pull something and, uh, and to plough the ground or to you know, carry heavy, really heavy loads. But um, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if we're to put on the yoke designed to fit, uh, it's a burden that satisfies deep in our soul. And I use the word carefully that the yoke that Jesus put on, puts on us is a burden. It's not like, oh, you know, it's, this is just so easy. I just, I, I, it's something that, that has a weight to it that, you know, when you look at it from a natural perspective, you say, why would I ever want to do that? But where to put on the yoke designed to fit. And when something from God comes to you or on you, I want you to be encouraged today. See the opportunity so when Jesus speaks, whenever Jesus speaks to us, the enemy wants and seeks to distort that voice. We just have to look back to Adam and Eve. God spoke to Adam and Eve and he told Adam, you know, take dominion, have, have rule over everything. The earth is yours. Um, you know, you're in control of it all. And then, and then the enemy came and distorted and caused a... a um, a doubt to arise in Adam's mind as to what God really wanted for them. But uh, so there's a distortion. So I want you to be encouraged, and, and, and I've probably said this stuff before, but we, we really need to discern. Discernment is a really powerful thing because we think, oh, if you've got a discerning spirit, then, then you can see a demon on the clothesline. We don't need to fuss too much about that. If you can do that, awesome. But a discerning of knowing what is the clear word of God to you and what is the distorted word from the enemy. Because he wants to distort the good things that God has for you. So when, God, when, when Jesus starts to speak a good plan for your life, the enemy, enemy will come in and say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You'll get, you'll get people calling you. And saying, oh, that's not a good idea. I don't think we should do this or I don't think you should do that. Uh, he, here's the, the thing. I haven't got it on a, on a PowerPoint for you today. But a Jesus assignment isn't for your convenience. He's looking for your obedience. So if you're thinking, well, I'm just looking for the convenient thing right now. Well, that was just convenient. I can cook the barbecue. It was just convenient. Um, I, I, I could mow the lawn because it's just convenient. But Jesus does, isn't saying when he, when he brings a call to your life, when he brings a call to a church, is what I'm talking to us tonight, when he puts a call upon a church, upon a people, upon a group, we don't look for, well, what was just convenient? 
We've got to look at what is obedient. Because God will call us into the obedience and then we'll see the, 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 the goodness of his power and, and blessing over those things that we're obedient to. So often we're being led into something from the Lord and it's the most unreasonable of times. And living in faith does that. Because faith operates when we don't have all that it takes. And we want to be a church of faith. So if you're thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to you know, live this faith life, but um, I've got to have everything right. Before I move, before I do anything, I've got to have all the things in line. Everything's got to work out just right. But as I said, Jesus comes at the most unreasonable of times. But faith operates when we don't have all that it takes. So Luke chapter 4, verse 42, I'm using NIV again. It says, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. In the New Living Translation, it says an isolated place. So the people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. Now, I want us to, to, I want us to be uh, encouraged today, maybe even challenged or spurred on for the duty we have as believers for others around about us. So we can take this as... You know, people who don't know Christ yet, those outside the church. We can look at it also and more predominantly as the, the places around us geographically where churches are closing, we need to be opening. And I really believe that there's got to be a season where, where the power of God moves into communities where people are saying we're hungry for a thing of the spirit. We don't need religion. We don't need an experience of, of, of uh, ceremonies, but we desire the presence of Jesus Christ that changes the drunk that changes the person with a rebellious spirit, that changes the culture of a community, that brings about the power of a godly uh, perspective back into our world. So, so what it is here, uh, it says Jesus went to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. So I'll tell you something. It's not okay to have Jesus, the good news, locked up for us. We've got Jesus. We've got the good news. Stay with us, Jesus. Stay in our church. Stay here. Be here on Sunday. We love it. So a stay with us, Jesus, is what they wanted. Just stay with us, Jesus. This is so cool. We love you so much, but we want you to stay with us. So our mission aligns with Jesus, and that is always reaching further and beyond. It's further and beyond our comfort, further and beyond our knowledge, further and beyond with what we know that we can afford. I'm not saying let's be reckless and crazy, but... Don't take that as, here, Pastor said, I'm going, to buy the, I'm going to buy the caravan or the speedboat. I'm getting that. Rob said. But our mission aligns with Jesus, and that is always reaching further and beyond. Luke 4, 43. But he said, I must proclaim the good news to the kingdom, of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I was sent. One Heart Church, we have an alignment with the mission of Jesus and we have a responsibility corporately to think about the other places around us. And right now we have Tumby Bay before us. We've, you know, I believe we're also going to go back into Elliston where we, we had been there for probably eight years or more. But you know, a door closed, but that's a season. 
I want us to always be prepared. When the door opens again, we go back into that place. There's been some plowing. There's been some uh, uh, preparing. But, uh, but for whatever reason, there was a closing. We can't cry about that. We can't you know, dwell on that. But we've got to say, well, Lord, when, when that door opens again, we're going to be ready. And when the door, you know, as Tumby Bay is opening, we're ready. We want to go. We're not, we haven't got it all. We haven't got everything. But we're stepping in faith to, the, to, as Jesus said, to the other towns also. So one heart, it would be great to have an awakened moment. I must proclaim the good news. You, you, this is a, a statement we make to ourselves. I must proclaim the good news to other towns. And it's a burden from Jesus that is easy to bear. That is the kind of burden that is easy to bear. It's not convenient. It's not going to be comfortable, but it's easy to bear. When we say, Jesus, I submit to your, to your purpose in my life, I'm going to, I'm going to find that that burden is easy to bear. Because there's some burdens that we don't need to bear. There's some, some burdens that we would take on that God says, I never asked you to even do that or think about that. But the whole thing is, is when we come together uh, as, a, as a, a people of faith, then the Holy Ghost will begin to do things in us and take what we haven't got because we're stepping out in faith and produce something that you know, is totally amazing. I just want to briefly talk on about having a trust attitude versus a mistrust attitude. See, mistrust says, Jesus, you're cool, just stay with us. It's okay, we, we trust you, Jesus, but just stay with us. Trust says, Jesus, I must proclaim the good news to others. Others I don't know, other places that aren't prepared, other places that, that maybe aren't convenient for me to go, but that's what a trust Jesus attitude has. And our enemy always wants, wants you to believe that serving Jesus will cost you too much. Who's ever had that? Have a, a, a flash of inspiration? A, 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 an idea, a thought, and then no sooner have you thought, allowed that thought to, to take hold than the enemy says, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to lose some friends. You'll lose your, you, your, you'll lose your respectability. The, the, you've, got, you've got too much to lose if you do that. It will cost you too much. And unfortunately, loads of people believe that. But as I said, we want to learn to, 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 to grasp a hold of the genuine things of the Spirit that come from the Holy Spirit, that come from Jesus, and discern the difference. I had a woman yesterday come to the church, a random person. She's come here, come to see me a few times. She's been messed up by religion. And she was weeping in my office yesterday, um, and she's saying, well, um, having all these questions about God. But she won't go to church. And I said, listen, you've got to be in the house of God because if you want to know about Jesus, go to be with Jesus' people. We're not perfect, but, but being in the presence, I want to tell you, we, don't, uh, we can't fully comprehend or understand the power that is in worshipping together. Something amazing of the presence of God begins to come and begins to, to minister deep within our spirit. And I said to her, you need to just come to church and be in the presence of God because, and I explained it to her like this and she was just crying because I think the Holy Ghost was speaking to her. I said, you've got to know the currency of Jesus. 
And, and you won't find that wandering around the street on a Sunday or whatever. Be in the house of God and, and learn what, what the presence of God feels like. Because I, I remember when I was a, you know, a young guy, probably, I don't know, in the RSL hall at Rosanna in Melbourne and the pastor preaching about knowing the, the genuine things of God. And he said, when you work in a bank in those days, we used to have the paper money. He said, they don't tell the, the, the bank tellers how to, how to you know, um, locate counterfeit money by saying, here's all the counterfeits. You know, you, you'll know the difference. They get them to feel the real dough, the real money. And they, you know, I don't know if you remember how quickly they used to count that money in the bank. The people working in the bank go, like, like a machine. And they're just flicking it through their hands. They can count up thousands of dollars in a few seconds. And, and, and they just handle the, the real money all the time. They know the, the thickness of it, the feeling of it, the, the textures of the money, of the real thing. And then if any counterfeit appears in that pack, they'll feel it straight away. And they go, that's not a real one. I, I know the feel of the real thing. And I want us to be a people who desire the, 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 the feel of the real presence of God. Because there's a lot of counterfeit out there. And right now, you know, coming to the Air Peninsula, there's a lot of counterfeit rubbish coming into our town. There's all sorts of things. And I, and I just want to tell you, it's, it's not okay for a, a spirit-filled Christian to go to the hypnotist. It's not okay. I can tell you that. There's, there's a new thing coming, some healing thing. They're using empty churches. They're saying, come to this, having a healing, healing sessions. We'll fix all your, everything up in your life. Come to this or bang a little drum or something. I might, I might do it going to business. I'll say I was, I was born in the Middle East. They won't know. I'll have a funny accent. I'll say, come and get them to lay down, pay me $600 for a session. That's a great idea. But there's a lot of phony stuff that is dressed up as, as spiritual and good. It is spiritual, but it's not good. And we need to be the church on fire, the church on our knees, the church that believes in the things of God. And nice moustache, Josh. Magnum PI, come on. But be awake to the call of Jesus and be awake to the lies of the devil. Because with every call, there'll be a lie. And it doesn't matter how close you think you, you are to Jesus, it'll always be the lie come. It, it, he, does it, he does it to everyone, every, even every great leader. There'll be the call and purpose of God, and then the, the devil will speak into their ear. So you don't come immune of it. You just need to know, uh-uh, no, that, that's not what, the, that's not what the, the real thing feels like. And the way we, we learn that is to be positioned in the presence of God a lot. That's why we do these kind of things. We want to be positioned in the presence of God. So faith operates when we don't have all that it takes. So I, I want to tell you, you might think, hey, I don't have what it takes. I'm not very smart. I'm not, I can't sing. I'm not a very good dancer. But faith operates when we don't have all that it takes. I want to tell you something. We don't have all that it takes to even run one church, let alone try and do two. But we're going to go by faith. We're not going to be reckless, but we're going to be faith-filled. 1 Kings chapter 17. I love the old, old stories of Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 to 12. I'm using the, the New Living Translation now, so I've 
swapped a few translations today. It says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go, in the, go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Just, I just want you to just take a note of that because it's really funny. He says to Elijah, Go there because I've instructed a widow to feed you. Just remember that little point. It's really awesome. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. And I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. If I was Elijah, I'd be saying, God, you told me you had someone who's going to be providing for me. Is that it? The lady gathering sticks so then she can die? She said, this widow, she said, I only have enough for one last meal. And then me and my son are going to die. What a great life uh, declaration she's giving herself. But I tell you that, that is a confession not unlike many people today. I have so little. I have nothing left in my tank. And once it's gone, I'm going to die. I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up on the call of God. I'm going to give up on, on uh, following Jesus. I'm just going to let it all crash. There are sometimes churches like that, that they've got so depleted, so empty of the, the oil and the bread. The bread is the word of life, the word of God. The oil is, the, is a representation of the Holy Spirit. This lady says, I've, got, I've only got this tiny little remnant left. And I want to encourage those today, you might be thinking, I'm only hanging on by my fingertips. That's all you need for God to do a miracle. She said, I've only got this tiny little bit. And once that's gone, then, then, then that's it, I'm, I'm dead. But then God sends Elijah with, get this word, it's the word of the night. Then God sends Elijah with an unreasonable demand. And I want to tell you something, Jesus will come to your life, you're the widow right now. You've only got this little bit, I don't even like church. <laughs> I don't even want to go to church, I don't like it. I only got, only got so, so little out of it over the last 10 years since Rob's been the pastor. So... <laughs> feeling so empty and that's you and then a man of God comes along and says I want you to bring me a cup of water please and, and some baker's delight bread it's unreasonable she doesn't have she she doesn't have what it takes why didn't why didn't you go to the rich guy's house someone who might have had a little bit more means God sends Elijah with an unreasonable demand and God will do that to you. God will do that to you. Can you bring me some water? And while you're at it, some bread too. See, that's not an easy task. If you haven't noticed, Elijah has been living by a brook in, in the middle of nowhere with the, the, the crows bringing him meat. But she could have said, Elijah, haven't you noticed that there's, there's a bit of a famine right now? There's not even barely enough for, for me and my family, me and my son. There's not enough. And I'm a widow. 
It's unreasonable. In some ways, we're just like that woman. The little that we have, then God will sometimes come and make an unreasonable demand. You might think, I haven't, got, I haven't got much time. I'm so busy. I'm working I work so many hours a week and then I've, I've got to, I have to fit in sport and then my family and then other stuff. And now God's asking me to take on, you know, discipling someone, running a life group, serving somehow or other, serving God. It's unreasonable. Especially when I've got hardly anything in my tank already. But look what happens. Faith operates when we don't have what it takes. Faith operates when we don't have what it takes. Go back to the story, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 13 to 16 now. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said. But make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Is that outrageous? That is so rude. That is wrong, wrong, wrong. Sorry, mate. You make me the cake first. And then what's left you can have. You think, but that is outrageous. But, but God is looking for a widow with obedience with a little bit. Because it's not, it's not what you've got. It's what you give to the Lord. And he says, use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this, and this is what I want us to go for in our lives, is the word of God that is a revelation to our soul. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. And that's the kind of person that you want to be like that widow who did what the prophet said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. Um, there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. So when God speaks a prophetic word, it doesn't have to match what's in the bank or who we, who we have available or what resources and materials we have. When we give the Lord the oil and the flour that we have, as little, as little as it is, we enter the doorway to miracles. And I want to encourage you, One Heart Church, the doorway to miracles is when we're obedient to the call of God when it looks like we don't have enough. Because yeah, I must admit, I, I, was, I was pretty good at, at, at telling Jesus, we can't go to Tumby Bay. I know all the reasons why. God's heard them all too. I've told him, I don't want to confess him, but I've said, oh, yeah, because of this, because of this, because of this. And even, I even told the state executive why. I said, no, don't you know? Our jar's already empty. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel, as they say. But then one day in the prayer time here on a Wednesday morning with the men, just praying, God says, you can do it. And I went on that, word, a prophetic moment where the Holy Spirit spoke to me. But when we give the law, the oil and the flour that we have, we enter the doorway to miracles. I ask the musicians to come back and join me, please.
So I believe that a church ought to be in a place where we see amazing things happening. We call those miracles. But I believe that there are miracles that are going to take place that we can't see or even imagine. But when we step by faith into the unknown, in obedience, the power of God can move through us. See, the miracle for us so far is, is we're going to be obedient to go to Tumby Bay. The miracle you need is, is locked up in your obedience to what Jesus is asking of you. So today we want to release and receive the prophetic word spoken over, over your life and over our church. And I believe that when we're generous with the little that we have, then God does the amazing. So you might feel like that widow depleted, not enough. But we want to be the people who manage well the unreasonable demands from Jesus. It's a Lord's joke that's easy. It fits perfectly and it satisfies deeply. Can you just perhaps stand to your feet or if you feel to kneel, whatever you need to do. I want to pray for us to be the people who manage well the unreasonable demand from Jesus. As I said, when Jesus comes from the call of God, don't expect it to come at that time where you're saying, hey, I've got plenty of time on my hands. I'm, I'm, I'm free and easy. I've got plenty of money to play with. I've got uh, you know, lots of friends and lots of other people I can call upon to help me. When the call of God comes, you could be like that widow thinking, hey, I'm all by myself right now. I've got my son. I've got nothing in the bank. I've got nothing in the cupboard. Very unreasonable time to come calling Jesus. So we've got to trust the voice of Jesus above the trust, the voice of doubt and the voice of reason that will talk us out of it, talk us out of that. The Lord's yoke is easy. It fits perfectly and it satisfies deeply. Now I'd say just one last thing. So, so many people miss the best God has for them because they fear the yoke. Think, what? Why? And I'm calling the yoke of ministry. Why would I want to do that? If you want to be satisfied deeply in your soul, take the yoke of Jesus. And so many people say, oh, just, and they have these questions like, does that mean I, I have to be here on Sunday? Probably. Does that mean I need to, to commit myself to some things? Yeah, probably. Does that mean I'm going to need to lay down my life so that I can get the satisfaction from the spiritual life? Yeah. But we're so conditioned to doubt the Word of God that like Adam, we give up the glory for temporary. So Lord Jesus, just raise your hands if you will, right across this place. Lord Jesus, I pray over this house today, over every single person here today, that we may be the people who handle well, who manage well the unreasonable demand from Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that we so are so attuned to the voice of the Lord that we know the difference when the enemy tries to uh, tr you know, change our mind. When the enemy tries to say, oh, no, 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 
You can't do that. It's going to cost you too much. Lord, I pray for a yoke to come upon people's lives. Not a yoke that is a burden that we can't carry. Not a yoke that puts us into slavery. But a yoke that brings us into the deeply satisfying life that we find in the presence of Jesus. So Lord, I just pray right now today for the hand of God to move upon your people, that your hand of God might move upon your, 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 your sons and your daughters in this day. We pray today, prepare us to bear the yoke that you have for us. Lord, I just pray against every lie of the devil that has lied to people and said, no, 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 don't do that. No, you don't want to do that. And I know there's people here today that you've fallen for that lie. And you thought, no, 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 that's going to cost me too much. I'm going to lose friends. I'm going to lose my money. I might might, lose credibility. No. You've got to trust the word of Jesus. I want to encourage you over the next few weeks and months, get your fingers on the real currency. Get your fingers on the real currency. And when, when those lie, when those counterfeit words come, you, just, you feel that straight away and say, no, 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 that's not the one. I'll take that one out and I'll keep the, I'll keep the real value. So Lord Jesus, let your spirit move and anchor some things in us today that we may be awakened refreshed, renewed, empowered, encouraged as we move from this place tonight into all the fullness that you have for us. And you know what we're going to do? The worship team's going to lead us in some worship. But I want to, I want to encourage you to come on down if you need prayer. We've got uh, our, our ministry team is here. We'd love to pray with you. But, you know, some of these things... We do need to just say, Jesus, I'm, I'm laying some stuff down. I'm letting go of some, some bad things. And there is a power when we, when we respond to the Word of God, when we respond to Jesus. And uh, you know, if we can just be vulnerable to that. No one's judging people here. No one's going to say, oh, I wonder what they're out there for. But you know something? Things can be released. Burdens can be taken off you so that we can carry the right kind of burden that comes from Jesus. If that's cool with you, I'd love to pray with you as well. So as we we just worship for a little bit more, let's respond to Jesus today and say, God, help me be the one who manages.